Welcome to the Cat Dad Podcast. Together, we will explore the mysterious and fascinating world of cats. We will discuss anything and everything pertaining to these feline animals while sharing valuable information and having fun at the same time. Give a big meow to your host, Jay Wilson. Hey folks, welcome to the second episode of the Cat Dad Podcast. I have a pretty good topic I would like to discuss and one that really hits close to home to me. How do cats cope with the absence of a co-owner when a relationship comes to an end? We have all experienced a breakup at some point in our lives, but when pets are involved, the feeling and loss of them are much harder than the breakup itself. I have been on both ends of this unfortunate situation, having to walk away from a pet and being able to keep my pets after a breakup. In either case, no one win. It was extremely hard for me to see that bond between my cats and my ex come to an end. I would watch as they followed her around the house, found them napping on or next to her, and just watching her being so motherly to them when they were injured, needing grooming, or even when they are being extremely naughty, always brought me joy and a sense of family. So when our relationship abruptly came to an end, I went through a wave of emotions. From sadness to anger, happiness and laughter, reminiscing on all the good times we shared with the cats, to downright bitterness and depression. Being surrounded by family and friends helped me cope with the grief and allowed me to realize that all those feelings were a part of the healing process. This led me to wonder what kind of emotions my cats were feeling. Are they emotionally aware of her absence? And were they even capable of feeling loss? To answer these questions, I invited an expert in pet behavior to come on the show and shed some light on this topic and to provide us with some insight into how cats grieve and what can we do as pet owners to help them through the grieving process. Please give a big meow to Francine Miller for coming on today's show of the Cat Dad Podcast. Thank you, Miss Miller. And my question for you, are cats emotionally aware and what kinds of emotions do they experience or feel regarding the absence of a co-owner? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they are. They're aware and they can get depressed. Um, just like people do. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. I've seen it in the past. Whether they lose a person or, you know, another animal in the house. Okay. That can definitely happen. So <laughs> as a result of that depression, you know, then, then other behavior problems can sort of co-occur. Okay. And what does depression actually looks like for an animal or a cat? I mean, do they just stop they, eating? They won't. Yeah, they won't eat. You know, they'll they'll sleep more. They won't want to be as interested in play. Um, they, you know, just like with people. I mean, the same kind of thing. They just become le- a lot less active. Um, lose their appetite. All that stuff happens to cats, too. It's very interesting how cats are so much similar to uh, humans. Well, only in that way. Yeah, yeah, in that way, in that aspect of emotions. Yeah, otherwise, they are very, very different species. Yeah. You know, they're, they're much more wild than domesticated. So a lot of their traits are, are more wild than humans would be or even a dog would be. I guess, how can we help them cope if we see those types of problems? A lot of times they need to be on some behavior medication for a while to help them through it. You know, something that helps with anxiety and depression, which dogs and cats are put on medication for that all the time. I didn't know they offered uh, antidepressants for pets. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, they do. Um... And, you know, as a behaviorist, I 
I see problems that really can benefit from medication quite often. Okay. So, um, it's, you know, there's, there's a little bit of... With depression, I don't really think there's behavior modification that can help with it. You know, it's more of a, a time... Uh, passing situation or paying the animal more attention than usual, trying to engage more, trying to be more affectionate, giving them more time than you might otherwise give them. Okay. Um, new toys, food puzzles, things that would be enriching to them. Yeah, I feel like with my two cats, I feel like there's been sort of more of an affection seeking affection for me because I wasn't always the affectionate one. It was my ex that showed them. Right. Yeah. So right, I, so I, that makes sense. Yeah. So I started to notice that. And then I also noticed how one, the, the girl cat, her name is Sundance, she gives out this huge meow. And it's like, I never heard that before. And it occasionally happens. So I'm just wondering if that's just part of her grief or she's just meowing just to be meow, meowing, I, I'm not sure, but. Um, it can be part of her grief. It's like, like a big yowl. Sound yeah. Than a, yeah. It can be part of that. Um, definitely. Uh, she could just be feeling that loss momentarily and expressing herself vocally. Mm. Um, she could be seeking attention as well. Um, if, if it seems that way, I would not necessarily give her attention immediately following the yowl, but a little bit later. Okay. So she doesn't learn that she can yowl for attention. Um, but it can definitely be from that. Okay. It's usually a change in vocalization. Yeah. So can you tell me, how did you get started and how long have you been in this particular industry as a animal behavior should I say counselor or behaviorist? Yeah, well I a behaviorist I was um, in advertising and marketing for most of my first career and then uh, I've been doing this for 17 years now I went back to school and um, got a degree in applied animal behavior science and interned with a veterinary behaviorist for a number of years so uh, I've been doing it a long time I wanted to do something serious with animals you know that would require an education and so forth and I just did it because I love animals and I was older and I didn't want to be in advertising anymore I just wanted you know I'd done that for 36 years I was done with that so uh, that was my career choice at the time I'm glad I did it. Yeah, it sounds like that's a very uh, enriching and, and rewarding uh, job to it, have. It is. It's rewarding. It's um, it can be just it can be painful sometimes because some animals are really suffering from different things. But um, people are very grateful for the service and and helping them. You know, get their pet back in line and and happy and behaving and able to stay in the household basically which is what we want yeah exactly so how do you balance the human client's need 
and the animal's needs and abilities? Well, I have to counsel the people. Okay. You know, I can do specific training with the animals, but I have to counsel the people. I have to give the people the behavior modification protocols to implement. Um, I'm not living with the animals, so I have to teach them what to do. And, and if they do it, great. If they don't do it, then, you know, I have no control over that. Right. Um, most of my clients are paying me, you know, for my advice. So they they listen and they do what they can to the best of their ability. Okay. Um, and sometimes, like, obviously, I have to talk to them more than once or see them more than once and work with the animal more than once. So it just depends. You know, my job in part is to listen and be sympathetic, but I have to tell them what the animal needs and hopefully they will try to meet those needs. Um, they don't always. Now, since we've been in this pandemic, have you, has, have, has most of your meetings uh, been through like virtual or have you still been going to people's houses and? No, I've been going to people's houses. Okay. Even, even through the pandemic, I went to people's houses pretty much. Um, I can do a lot of cat consultations remotely. I just did one this morning, for example, because they're just too far out of my geography. Mm -hmm. um, and so I do that quite a bit if they're too far away from me. Um, or if I think that it's a pretty simple problem and I don't need to drive to their house to solve it. I can't do that with dogs, but I can do it with cats. Okay. And what has been your most challenging um, training ex um, experience, and how did you cope? <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> I, I've been doing this for 17 years. I can't quite do it. Okay. Who it was. I, mean, <laughs> I, I really, I think people that are, uh, I don't like people that are combative and, and don't want to listen. Like, they don't want to hear what you have to say. They right. don't want to do what you're suggesting. They want to tell you and what to so do, right? <laughs> they're just kind of combative and argumentative, and, and uh, I can't work with people like that. Okay. So when you have people like that, do you just give them their money back, or how do you cope? I just I usually can tell because I, I talk to them on the phone before okay. I see them. Oh, gotcha. You know, and I, I just tell them we're not a good fit. <laughs> And what else can I do? It's like dating. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I'm struggling with with that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not fun. It I is know. not fun <laughs> being out in the dating world again. Uh, no, it really sucks. Yeah. Actually. So, <laughs> I, I, I understand. Yeah. Well, that was pretty much all that I actually have for you today, but I'm very grateful for you taking the time out of your day and coming on the Cat Dad podcast and possibly maybe have you on again. Have I been on right this whole time? Oh, yeah, you've been on this whole time. <laughs> I had no idea. I thought we were just chatting. Okay, well... There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know we were on. Well, I'm no, sorry. No problem. Happy to do it. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the second episode of the Cat Dad Podcast. Also, like to give a special thanks to Francie Miller once again. 
Uh, if you'd like to seek out her services or a consultation, please go to her website. Call Misbehaving, C-A-L-L-M-S-B-E-H-A-V-I-N-G.com. You can also reach out at her phone number, 858-248-1410. Thanks again, folks. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Cat Dad, you can follow me on Instagram at cat underscore dad underscore podcast and Facebook at Cat Dad Podcast and our YouTube channel, The Single Life of a Cat Dad. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. (laughs) 